So one sentence so, up. Um, while I was going over my sermon this morning, I wake up early to work on it and had the pleasure of our cat deciding that he wanted to be up and help out too. So, Zach, if you actually go to the slide right after the sermon title, you can actually see how it's working this morning. Caffeine as I'm reading this, like this. 
or maybe one of those uh, five-hour energies. Has anyone had one of those? No, neither have I. I'm curious. Oh, you have. Yeah. How was it, rough? Like, is there a crash or? Not a bad one. Not a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you think about every time Jesus discipled or was about to be tested, immediately before or after, he would spend time with God to get filled up. Otherwise, he would be constantly drained by everything he was doing and the people he was interacting with. So Jesus knew that after he had given so much of himself that he needed to seclude himself with God in order to get recharged and filled back up. If you had the choice, would you rather be filled up or depleted before interacting with someone else? Filled up. Filled up? Okay, let's put this in a visual light. I have two cups here. One has holes in it. The other one doesn't. So, who would want to drink out of this cup? This is the one with the holes. I'm thirsty. Oh, can't really drink much out of that, can I? But then we have this cup. No holes. Looks good. Mm. I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> so, if we have all these little gaps and holes in ourselves, the possibility that someone's going to want to come to us to be able to be like, hey, I need help with this, is going to be less. Where if you go to God and you let Him fill you up, and allow him to patch you up, you no longer leak. And you can start to overflow to other people and help them because you're constantly recharging. So you're just overflowing. You're no longer this holy person that just leaks. Because you have God wrapping around you, you can just keep going and going and giving. Bless that illustration. Yeah. I was holding my breath. You're holding <laughs> I was measuring it downstairs, I'm like, okay, I don't want to spill the pan as I'm taking it down afterwards and spill it all over the place. I don't want to make a mess. <laughs> so in Matthew 4 we have Jesus feeding the 5,000 take note of what he does after he feeds the multitude in verse, starting with verse 13 um, when Jesus heard what had happened he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place hearing of this the crowds followed him on foot from the towns when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Who would want to eat 
five loaves of bread and two fish. No one? I don't know. I'm thinking like put a little like lemon on it. Toast the bread. I think I'd be good. <clears throat> Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So, if you think about that one little portion, it's not just 5,000 people. 5,000 men, and then their kids. And back in that time frame, I mean, how many kids did you have? It's like, not just like two or three, like it's common nowadays. It was like seven, eight, twelve. So that's a lot of people to be feeding. Um, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into their boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So Jesus was drained after he fed those 5,000 men with their women and children. And wouldn't you be? I mean, being up here and we don't have a large congregation, but I still get like a really like high and low as I go from like being up here to like just settling back down to be my normal self per se. So could you imagine like 5,000 people looking to you, hey, can I get some food? Um, I've been watching a lot of cooking shows, so um, I, I've been becoming a fan of Gordon Ramsay. I don't like him personally, I like his cooking. And he, he has a couple different shows on how to run restaurants and so forth. And the stress that those cooks go through just to get a couple dishes out for people. And I mean, they're not feeding 5,000. They're feeding like 100, 200 people. And they're just like completely stressed. And I mean, I, like you have Jesus there, like, okay, I'm gonna give everyone food, give me the baskets, the five loaves of bread, and the two fish, and then we're just gonna multiply them. It's like, ah, easy enough. I, I can imagine doing that. Now, Jesus, like, after he feeds everyone, he could have easily gone on the boat with the disciples and taken a nap, rest, chill, hung out with the disciples. Be like, hey, how'd I do? Pretty good, huh? Be like, don't you want to do that? But no, he put himself into seclusion because he knew he needed to replenish with God and that the disciples weren't going to be able to do it for him. Other people aren't going to be able to feed us. It's always going to be God that's going to be able to feed us and build us back up. And then sleeping, resting, while that helps your body recover, it can't replace God. So we should always go to Him whenever we need to, whenever we feel drained and we feel we need to be built back up. So, how can we be filled up? I mean, we have Jesus' example of going into seclusion and praying. 
but we also need some very key things. And in order to be filled up, first, we need to get the Holy Spirit. And then, we need to go into God's Word and actually read what God has to say. In this technology-driven age, we have the ability to hear the gospel, whether it's through our phones or computers or tablets, on radio, on TV. I mean, you pick your flavor. You can get it however you want. It is, do you want to get it? So in Ephesians 1.13, it states, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So we need not only to have heard, but we also need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. When we believe in him, we can actually start to be like him more and more. We can stop the leaks that we have and allow God to fill all the gaps. So we can spend time praying with God and asking him to fill all the gaps that we have. Um, just because I may be up here doesn't mean I don't have a lot of gaps. I have trillions of gaps. I just don't tell everyone all the time. <laughs> there are certain people that I can buy them and I'm like, yes, I have this gap. It's like, I have this problem. I need God to help me through this. But that doesn't mean that I disclose it to everyone and be like, hey, you know, I have this little problem here. No, it's like, that goes to me and the people that I trust and to God and asking God to help fill that gap and asking others to pray for me to fill that gap. I may never fill all the gaps that I have. I can be rough around the edges sometimes, but it's one of my gaps. Sometimes I need Tracy to be there to be like, be gentle. And sometimes I have to do that for her too. <laughs> We need to spend a lot of time in prayer. Uh, we may not always feel like we have the time, but when we feel like we don't have time, is exactly when we need to make time to be with God. Um, it, the, the way this society currently is, it's always everything's on the go, everything's always going. And sometimes you just need to stop. And wait. And pray. And let God move. One of the um, things I had the teams do one time, um, <clears throat> I stopped the lesson that we were doing, and I had them all go out to a different part of the room, completely separated from everyone else, and just think about God for five minutes. Do you know how hard it was for them? It was one of the hardest things they did because they were like, no, I need to do something. It's like, you see these little habits that people have, whether they're flicking their fingers or just tapping their leg a little bit, and it's like, 
be still, focus on God. And it's so difficult to do sometimes. So the reason be being filled up is so important is because once you're filled up, you can start overflowing just like the cup did. It's no longer just you. It's you and God walking through everything together. And once you start doing that, others around you are going to start noticing, hey, there's something a little different about them. They have like this glow. So they, they start to see the presence of God around you because he's there. He's overflowing within you so that you can give to others. So we get a really good example of this in Acts 4. In verses 8, and 10, 8 through 10, we have, Then Peter filled what the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame, uh, lame as in crippled, not lame as like you're lame. <laughs> so for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So Peter speaking boldly. Typical of Peter, right? I mean, that's just what he does. He goes off the hinges. But you think about who he's talking to. They just pulled him out of a crowd where 2,000 people were going to be saved. He doesn't know that at that moment because he was pulled away by the elders. In, in our current economy, we're able to criticize our public figures. So we can say whatever we want about Trump or Pence or anyone in the House or Senate and whatnot. It's kind of our modern moral fabric to help build each other up is to criticize. Back then, whenever you criticize or speak boldly against one of the elders, that's like speaking against Caesar the king. And at that time, it wasn't like, oh, I don't care what you say. It's like, I'm going to say whatever I want. It's like, okay, we're just going to behead you. It was a completely different time. So that takes what Peter said into a different level because it's not like, hey, yeah, I'm going to say this and just cut away with it and I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to walk out and then who cares? What are you going to do? It's like, no. He had to make a really bold statement and believe that what he was saying was truth, which is Jesus is the Son of God. And he wasn't thinking of it as like, let me take a chance and just say this and see what the rulers do. He was like, hey, who cares? It's like, I want you to know because that's what's important. And the reason he was able to do that with the rulers is one, he was bold. He was a little nutty sometimes. <laughs> but he was also filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at verse 
Verse 8 of that. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the first things, things it says. So with him being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's why he was able to proclaim that Jesus is the Christ. I summarized some of my notes, so. And that was my sermon for today. Short-ish. <laughs> um, but, but I really feel that sometimes we get so depleted and we forget that we need to go back to God to get filled up and we're looking for other people for like affirmation and so forth. And Really, we just need to seclude ourselves a little bit, go back to God, pray, read His Word, and take in what He's saying to you. Apply it and overflow with the message that He gives to you. Because if you don't overflow, it stays here, and what about everyone else? And one of the things we're called to do is to disciple the others. So we have to overflow, but you can't overflow if you are constantly weak. Let us stand. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for everything you've given us and everything you've provided for us. Please help us to know when to stop, recharge, and let you in in order to be able to give to others what you want us to give and for us to not just keep it to ourselves, but to proclaim your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>